All right, grab your Bible this morning and open it to Romans chapter 4. We are in a series, not series. Is that possible to be in a series, not series? But that's what we are. We're in a section of messages titled A Fresh Word. And um, we're just preaching from our heart over the next several weeks. And we wanted to do that because we wanted to model a couple things. And that is uh, one, that it's important to just open God's word and hear what God's word has to say for us every day. And then also to model what it means to just get a word from the Lord and take it into your heart and believe it and live it. And so we're just preaching different things each week, whatever the Holy Spirit puts in our heart and in our mind and in our spirit, and that's what we preach. And so today I'm going to be in Romans chapter 4 because I believe that a fresh word is really important and that a fresh word can change your life forever. And we're going to talk about someone, Abraham is his name, and uh, a fresh word changed his life forever, and then he began to live for God in a whole new way. But think about it with me. Uh, Throughout Scripture, we have all kinds of examples of people that heard a fresh word from the Lord, and it changed their life forever. Think about Noah. He woke up one day, and he probably thought, I'm going to go hang out with my sheep. But God told him, I want you to build a boat bigger than a football stadium, and all the animals of the world are going to come and get on it. Really? That kind of changed his life. You think that would change your life? That <laughs> changed his life forever. How about Moses? He's hanging out with his sheep too. He's just doing stuff in the desert and a bush begins to talk to him and says, I want you to go to Egypt and rescue my people. And he does and it changes his life forever. Over and over again in scripture, we have these examples of people that heard a fresh word from the Lord and they honored the Lord with their lives. And now they're kind of like our spiritual heroes. Because they said yes to God, and they listened and obeyed and put their hope and trust in him. See, a fresh word can give you and I hope today where there is none. A fresh word will often be the start of a miracle. And a fresh word can can change your outlook on an entire situation that you might be in the middle of or even stuck in the middle of. And it can redeem you out of that place and help you honor the Lord with your life. And a fresh word from the Holy Spirit or a fresh word from God's word can change all of us in an instant. And so I want to encourage you over the next month while we're just talking about a fresh word for you to spend time with God, listening to him on purpose and just to get a fresh word from him. He probably, probably, I know, he wants to speak something to your life where you're at specifically, to help you in what you're going through. Now, the fresh word that I want to talk about today is in Romans chapter 4, verses 16 to 25. So let's pray, and then we'll read it together. Jesus, we thank you that um, a fresh word from you gives us life, and that when you speak, anything can happen. A miracle can happen. Our lives can change Heaven can open. Things can change on earth. And so, Lord, we believe as people that your word and your words spoken to us are extremely important. So, Lord, help us to obey them. Help us to put them into practice and help us to make them the foundation of our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, Romans chapter 4. Let me just give you a quick update here. Uh, the Apostle Paul has written Romans, the book of Romans, to the church in Rome. And in this chapter, he's really spending a, a good majority of the time talking about the promise of the salvation of Jesus Christ that you and I have entered into when we, by faith, believed in Jesus and said yes to him. Now, in this section, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about um, what it means to believe in that promise of Jesus, but he's also going to use the life of Abraham as an example of believing a word that God spoke to you and how it can completely change your life. Okay, so let's look at that together. I'm going to start at verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us righteous if we believe in him. And the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Now, I've titled this fresh word, Faith is Greater Than Fact. Faith is Greater Than Fact. Now, let me catch us up to speed because this uh, little amount of scripture doesn't give us the background to the story. And the background to the story is what Abraham and Sarah are going through. Abraham and Sarah wanted more than anything to have a child. And God had told them that they would have a child and that they would become an, an enormous family. In fact, their, God said that their family would, would outnumber the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Yet Abraham and Sarah had no child. And so they're probably wondering, like you and I would be, Lord, how are you going to do this? This doesn't seem like it's working out. And the fact is, we can't have a child. And so in this story, we see that Abraham goes above and beyond and begins to believe that God can do all things. And there's really two things going on here in these verses. Number one, there's the promise that you and I have when we believe in Jesus Christ, because the promise is received by faith. 
The promise is a free gift. The promise makes us righteous. It makes us right with God. And the promise is another way to kind of describe our salvation in Christ. So we'll add that to the story as we go along because it's kind of the umbrella over the entire illustration of Abraham. But the second thing going on in these verses is the personal promise that Abraham received from God and believed for himself, for his family, and then for the world. The word that God spoke to Abraham, he, he believed it, and that changed the world. It changed you, and it changed me, because that promise was eventually about Jesus. So I want to spend the majority of our time talking about how Abraham decided in his life that faith was greater than fact. Now, let's look at this first. The first thing that Abraham did, or had, was faith in God. This is the first thing that Abraham did. He put all of his faith in God, all of his stock in God. Uh, Abraham would be terrible uh, financially in the stock market because Abraham would have put all of his stock in one thing. It would have been awful, right? And so, but it, that's what Abraham did. He put all of his stock in God. And verse 17 tells us this, that Abraham put his faith in God for two reasons. There were two big reasons that Abraham said, I'm going to put my whole life in God. The first one is that God can bring dead things back to life. And second, that he creates new things out of nothing. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting about these two things, bringing the dead back to life and creating new things out of nothing. The interesting thing about these two ideas is they require great faith because they defy facts. The fact is that we don't normally see a lot of people come back to life after they've been dead. For instance, let's take a survey based on this fact. Does anybody have anyone in their family that after the memorial that you had for your family, your family member came back to life? Anyone in the room? Okay, great. So it's a fact, right? Pretty much, most of the time, unless God's involved, people stay dead, right? We just go to heaven or somewhere else. We'll talk about that at a later time. The other thing that Abraham believed was that you could create new things out of nothing. Now, here's what's really interesting about this. Because Abraham had to believe that God would bring his dead body and Sarah's dead body back to life because there was no life happening. They'd been married for a long time and nothing was happening. No kids were coming. And Sarah felt awful and Abraham felt awful and now they're 100 years old and Sarah's 90 and they're probably thinking it's probably over for us now. But they continued to believe. They defied the facts and they believed that Jesus and that God could do an amazing miracle. And that's exactly what you and I believe today as well. When we believe in Jesus, what we are saying is that God can raise my dead life to real life. That, because the Bible says something very interesting, that when you and I, before we know Jesus, we're dead in our sins. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. So our life goes from old to new. The second idea that God 
that, that God does is that God creates new things out of nothing. And this is exactly what Abraham was believing God to do. Abraham was trusting and hoping and believing that God would create a new thing out of nothing. Well, what do you mean? Well, because nothing was happening. Abraham and Sarah were having sex all the time and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening in the physical realm. And so all Abraham could do was believe that God had spoke to him and that what God's word has said would change his life. There was nothing happening. So it took faith to defy the facts. Now today, we also have to believe the same thing. We believe that God is the, the creator of the world. We believe that he creates new things out of nothing. And so we also believe many things about God by faith. We believe he's the creator of the world, and that's a huge part of our faith, which re reminds me of a, of a moment that God was having with a scientist one time. God was talking with this scientist, and God was talking about the creation of the world and the creation of the earth and everything in it and all the things. And the, the scientist said, well, you know, in, in modern-day science today, God, we, we can create things too. God said, oh, okay. So God uh, created a ball of dirt in his hands, and he began to form a lion, and then right in front of them was a live lion. And the scientist was like, that's great. We can do that with modern science now too. Here, give me the dirt and I'll show you. And God said, oh, whoa, 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 create your own dirt. <laughs> See, there's the problem. This is the problem. We're working with all of God's stuff. Yet we're making scientific conclusions that leave God out of our lives. We're thinking that we're super awesome when we can't even create anything from nothing. Only God can do that. That's what Abraham believed. And that's also what you and I believe. Now, in a general way, we live like this in many ways. For instance, if you tithe, you believe that faith is, better, is greater than fact, don't you? Because when you look at your bank account, what do you realize? The fact is, I can't give. I can't give. But when you do, you, you understand something. Your faith, connected to the obedience of God... And God begins to provide for you in a way that you can't even imagine. And he makes up the money that you gave in abundance and gives you even more. It's how your faith works in response to the obedience of God. Now, this is why Abraham put his faith in God. He put his faith in God because he believed that God could do things that were greater than fact. The second thing I noticed in these verses about Abraham reveals the power of spiritual habits. See, Abraham had a spiritual habit that helped him make faith greater than fact, and that was that he continued to hope and believe. This became a regular part of his life every single day. He just kept hoping, kept believing. Look at it with me. In verse 18, it said, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. In verse 19, it says, Abraham's faith did not weaken. In verse 20, it said, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. His faith grew stronger. Now, this is awesome. And this is exactly, if you and I are, go are going to believe that faith is greater than fact in our lives, 
and believe a fresh word that God has for us, then we're going to have to do what Abraham did. And that is that every day Abraham woke up and said, I'm choosing to put my hope in God today. I'm choosing to believe in God today. Now, here's the challenge. At the same time, every single day Abraham woke up, he didn't have a son. Every single day he woke up. What he needed to see in front of him to make his family larger was not there. Every single day he could not see with his eyes the promise that God had given him. So here's here's what Abraham chose to do. He chose to believe what was in his heart more than he could see with his eyes. Because here were the facts in Abraham's life. There was no reason for hope. There was no reason for hope. He didn't have a son. He had no way to make his family larger, yet God told him his family would be larger. So there was no reason for hope, but he continued hoping. His body and Sarah's body gave him, no, gave him every reason to waver in his faith. He had every reason to waver in his faith, yet he never wavered in his faith. And over time, you would think that his faith would grow colder and weaker, but verse 20 says, his faith grew stronger. This is an amazing thing that God did and that Abraham chose to do. Now, how could Abraham do this? Well, he chose to live differently. He chose to live based on what God could do, not based on what he couldn't do. There's all kinds of things that you and I can't do. And God can do everything because nothing is impossible for God. Now, here's what I noticed about Abraham. Abraham decided in his life to think differently than the world around him. He chose to think differently. And if you and I want to have faith that's greater than fact, we will have to do the same. See, our culture believes what? Only in fact. That's what our culture says. Our culture says, I will not believe in a God that I cannot see. Our culture says, I only believe things that I can see. And so our culture has dived into this mentality, this thinking that I only believe what I can see. And this is one of the reasons I believe that we are seeing a decrease in people coming to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior in our culture and in the United States of America because we've blocked off faith. We've put, this, we've put blinders on our eyes as a culture about how important faith is because in our thinking and in our mind, we're taught this from a young age all the way through college and into graduate work that you should only believe what you can see. And we're told that over and over and over and over again. And so when somebody comes and talks to you about Jesus, it becomes very difficult to believe in Jesus by faith because you've only been taught to believe what you can see. And so you and I have an uphill battle when we are going to believe in something that we can't see. But that's exactly what Abraham did. He believed in something that he couldn't see. And many times in our lives, we do the same. And we let 
a, a mental mindset seep into our life. And many times that mental mindset says, I can't. How many times have you said to yourself, I, I can't do that? I'm not going to do that. I shouldn't do that. I can't do that. And many of us battle that thought process. And it paralyzes us from moving forward. And we live in this world, I can't do that. We don't know what we should do. And our excuse is always, I can't. But Abraham lived differently. He didn't say, I can't. He always said, God can. Even when the obvious was telling him that he couldn't. So Abraham had a different mentality, and his mentality was that God can. Now, his friends might have been telling him, Abraham, come on, buddy. You're 100 years old. It's not happening. Like, let's, let's just get back to reality. You know, I mean, that's how we live most of our lives. We live in the real world, and you're not really living in the real world. Like, this is crazy to think you're going to have a kid. Sarah's 90. And you're 100. It's, it's past that. I mean, I love that you love God, and, uh, but let's just serve God in some other ways. Why don't, we do, why don't we do that? And Abraham's like, no. Nope. I'm still believing this. Why? Because this is what God told me. This is where the fresh word part comes in. Everything in the natural was against Abraham and Sarah, but they kept hoping and believing. If they were alive today, what would we say? You know, scientifically, the facts say that you can't have kids. Scientifically this, scientifically that. And we would dismiss God in the process. But Abraham and Sarah chose to live differently. Now, why did Abraham continue in hope and faith? Why did he keep believing? Because he heard a fresh word from God. This is the key to the story. Abraham had heard God give him a fresh word. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever got a fresh word from God? Have you ever been sitting in your quiet time, reading your Bible, maybe praying? Maybe you were taking a walk in the woods. Maybe you were walking around in the mall and God spoke a word to you about something specific in your life. See, when God speaks a fresh word to you, you can hold on to that word for your entire life. And the word that God spoke to Abraham was so significant and so important and so valuable to Abraham's soul that it changed his life forever and helped him never to doubt. Now, before I move on, there's something important about a fresh word from God. That is that you have to make sure that your fresh word is from God, not another source. I have to make sure that that fresh word is from God, not from me. Have you ever done something thinking it was God, but it was really you and it flopped? I have. I've done that. And so we have to make sure that the fresh word or that the word that we're hearing is from God. By the way, that's why whenever we hear something prophetically or a fresh word from the Lord, we always go to God's written word and we confirm it. I make sure that that's what God said in his written word because it confirms what God just said in his fresh word through the Holy Spirit. See, the God of the universe had visited Abraham and he can visit you. 
with a fresh word. And that fresh word will change your life, just like it changed his. When Abraham received that fresh word, he moved his family. He started living differently. He made new decisions in his life, and he walked humbly with God. See, a fresh word can radically change your life. So seek a fresh word. I want to encourage you. Seek a fresh word from the Lord this month and find that fresh word that the Lord wants to speak to you. Now, I believe, probably like you do, that right now, where our culture's at, where our world's at, every single one of us need a fresh word from God today. That's exactly what we need. We need to hear God speak to us so that we can have the confidence to live for God today. Now, lastly, the thing that we see in Abraham that gave him this faith that was greater than fact is in verse 21. In verse 21, it says this, that Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. He was fully convinced that God could do whatever God wanted to do. And when he gives a promise, that will come true. Abraham was fully convinced of this. So Abraham was fully convinced that God was bigger than his problem. That's what Abraham believed. He was fully convinced that God was bigger than the problem that him and Sarah had. God was, Abraham was fully convinced that God was bigger than infertility. Abraham believed that wholeheartedly, without fail. He believed that God could help Sarah. And Abraham also was fully convinced that God's math was bigger than his math. Now this is important because God said to Abraham, your family is going to be as large as the stars in the sky. And how many, he didn't see, he saw one child, Isaac. One, that's it. Yet Abraham believed this. He believed that his family would get huge. And it started to. Abraham had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob and Esau. They had kids. Jacob had 12 sons. That was pretty good. Family's getting bigger, right? And then God just begins to multiply it. And now... That natural family is what we know as the Jewish people. But we're not talking about a natural family, are we? That's not what God's talking about. God's talking about a family of faith. And this family of faith is you. It's me. It's everyone who believes in Jesus Christ for all of time, from Abraham to whenever Jesus comes back. That's probably, I don't know how big that number is. I would say it's probably like as many of the stars that are in the sky. See, that's what God's doing. That's what he did. And if you're going to live a life here on earth where faith is greater than fact, then here's what's interesting. You're going to have to be fully convinced of who God is. And let me give you another example. One of my favorite examples about being fully convinced. It's from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are three guys who um, are young men at this time. And you can read their whole story in Daniel chapter 3 if you'd like. But I'll just give you the paraphrase part. 
They've both been taken from their country, Jerusalem, because King Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, burned their entire house and their family and their city to the ground, and they were taken as slaves back to Babylon. And while they're there, they're put into the service of the king. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar, because his ego is ginormous, decides to build a 90-foot gold statue and put it in the middle of the plain of Dura and then command everyone in the kingdom to come to that plain and bow down to this giant statue. And everybody does, except for these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so they're brought in front of the king and and the king says, what are you guys doing? They said, well, we're not bowing to your, to your large idol. And King Nebuchadnezzar says, well, I got, a, I got a really hot fire going over there. That fire is so hot that the guys that are making the fire, they're dying making the fire. It's so hot. I'm going to throw you in that fire. And here's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say in chapter 3, verse 16. O Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. Let me paraphrase what that might be. We are fully convinced. We're fully convinced, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Here's what they say. We're fully convinced of two things. God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not worshiping your giant statue. And so Nebuchadnezzar throws him in the fire, and we know the story. Most theologians believe that it's Jesus who meets them in the fire. And instead of seeing three guys in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar now sees four. And from that point on, Nebuchadnezzar becomes a believer in God. Because these three men were fully convinced. Now, here's what I love about the story. This story also defies fact. (laughs) When you have a fire that's super, super hot, you burn up in it. That's the fact, right? They didn't. They defied fact with their faith. Now, here's what's even greater. They also said this, but if the facts happen... If the facts happen and I burn up in that fire, I'm still fully convinced. I'm still absolutely 100% fully convinced that God is God and you are not. That your statue, it doesn't mean a thing. You'll stand before him one day and you'll realize how big he is. That's what it means to be fully convinced. Now, how do we become fully convinced? It's simple. We do what Abraham did. We do what these three men did. And that is that we believe what's in our heart is more real than what we see with our eyes. We believe that what's in our heart is more real and more powerful than what we see with our eyes. Now, that's really hard to do, isn't it? It's really hard to do, especially in a culture that's told you the only thing that matters is what you see. And so 
here's what I want to challenge us. Because I think in the natural process of you and I growing up in this culture, it's decreased our faith because of what we've been told. And we have to increase our faith in order to see the things that we want to see happen in this world in our lifetime. How many of you want to see your neighbors and some of your friends and your family members believe in Jesus? How many of you want to see miracles happen? How many of you want to see people that are sick and almost dying of cancer healed? I do. These are things I want to see in my lifetime. But here's what I know. My faith is going to have to increase. And I'm going to have to believe that what God says in his word and the Jesus in my heart and the Holy Spirit working in and through me is greater than what I even see with my eyes. And that's what all of our heroes in the Bible did. They believed that what they saw in front of them, that the God that they served was bigger than what they saw standing in front of them or right in front of them. When you stand in front of a sea and you have a million people behind you and they're all supposed to cross it and God says part it and it parts, you begin to see that what God can do is greater than anything else. This is what faith is. It's believing that Jesus is more real than anything. Now that means that you and I, we got to get with Jesus daily. We got to start hanging out with him. We got to start honoring his word. We got to start making him the most important things in our life so that you and I see that faith is greater than fact. In order to make that happen, we have to be open to the Lord speaking those fresh words to us daily from his word and from the Holy Spirit. That's how this works, so that you and I can believe for big things. Would you uh, just put your stuff aside for a minute? And I'd like us to respond in a, a little bit different way this morning. So if you've got something on your lap, just put it aside. And um, I want us to just kind of be the church for a minute. Because there may be someone in here that... Um, there's something in your life that you've been trying really hard to believe by faith. And it's just getting tough because what you see is not happening. And there might be someone in here that you've maybe received a fresh word from God and it hasn't happened yet, like Abraham and Sarah were dealing with. And you just need strength to continue believing and hoping and honoring the Lord in the process and waiting for that outcome. And there might be someone in this room that you just say, you're just saying, Pastor Mark, I want to hear a fresh word from God. If any of those things apply to you this morning, and you just want to say, Lord, I want you to know, I'm going to have faith in you more than I do in the facts, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. And I'm going to ask us to pray together. So would you pray with me? Jesus, those that are standing right now are standing for a specific reason. There's something going on.
going on in their life right now that they need faith for. They need radical faith for to continue hoping and believing that Jesus, what you said is more important than the facts, is greater than the facts. And so Jesus, we begin, we just, right now, I begin to believe and ask that faith would arise in every single heart, in every single spirit that is standing, and in all of us in this room. Specifically, Lord, those that are standing, would you give them the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to believe, to continue to trust you, to continue to believe in you, And Lord, some are standing because they've heard something from you a long time ago. And it hasn't happened yet. But Lord, we believe that you can do it. Just like you have done it so many times in the past. Millions of times in the past. Would you do it today? So Jesus, we pray that we would begin to see your presence and your power move in a mighty way, that when we leave this room, we would begin to recognize where you're working, what you're doing, and we would begin to see you do the miraculous. Because we said, we want faith to increase. We're tired of our faith being lukewarm, comfortable. We're tired of our faith decreasing because of our culture around us that is attacking it. Lord, those of us in this room right now, we take a stand for you and we say, we will not let our faith in you grow cold. In fact, it's only going to grow stronger. So Lord, that's our prayer. That's our hope. And we're putting all of our trust in you. We give you thanks and praise that you are going to answer the things that you've said, that you've promised, and that you've spoken specifically. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said? Amen. 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 Well, thanks for being here this morning, and thanks for believing that faith is greater than facts. And I trust that as you're believing that and stepping up in that and stepping out in that, that you're going to start to see opportunities for the Holy Spirit to use you to reveal that to other people. That's exactly what Abraham and Sarah had after they had a son. They had lots of opportunities to reveal to everyone around them, hey, God did exactly what he promised. And I want to encourage you to be a mouthpiece of that. That whatever you stood for and God begins to answer it and give you faith and strength to live in it, that you become a mouthpiece to say, hey, here's what God's doing and it's awesome. All right? Well, always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week. Bye.